We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined as always by Mike and Darius. And the Lakers completed their 4-0 road trip, beating the Memphis Grizzlies 94-92 to in kind of a, a choppy game. Darius, uh, you know, 4-0 trip, they, they kind of are flirting with the line of exactly how focused they have to be for how long uh, before they get the win, but they do uh, come away with that. They're currently, as we watch the Spurs go up by 10 with 830 left, uh, sitting atop the Western Conference with the 6-2 and two record with the tied for the longest winning streak in the NBA. What were your thoughts on, on tonight's uh, not quite aesthetically pleasing game, but they came away with a, a good result? Look, man, I think that's the type of game we're going to have to get used to, Yeah, right? Like choppy effort, um, up and down nature. Big takeaways for me was that not a great bench game, a generally sloppy game overall. The Lakers like had real struggles scoring the ball this game, like not a lot of you didn't really get that that high level third guy performance tonight um i don't have the box score up in front of me but not a particularly impactful dennis Schroeder game or montrez harrell game normally when kuz is in the starting lineup i think that you could depend on him for like a little bit more offensive production but that wasn't there this game and then a general sort of sloppiness very much like the last time or the last memphis game where lakers got out to a pretty quick start but then let their foot off the gas and then too many turnovers but at the end of the game, it was so just another Braun and AD game down the stretch 
Mike, this is sort of like what you talked about the last game, right? With when it's winning time, LeBron and AD, like those are the ace up the Lakers sleeves. And they again showed like, I thought LeBron was dominant offensively. And I thought AD, which we're going to get to a little bit later with him too, but in the center of the frame defensively, um, just they closed them out again. And just like Pete said, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing and it was a little bit frustrating at times, but four straight wins all on the road. I thought you made some good points about that on uh, the broadcast too. Well, oh, thanks, man. I mean, the, what was aesthetically pleasing was about the three, four minute segment where LeBron and AD did it on both ends. And we're talking fadeaway jumpers. We're talking screen roll that AD actually flushed. uh, And then, just destroying everything that Memphis tried to get at the rim. And this is the beauty of the small lineup that Frank Vogel didn't forget about from last season. And sure, in this case, it was Schroeder and Matthews in there instead of KCP and Caruso, who weren't available, but were in that lineup in the, of course, in the bubble. And then Kuzma, they, you put three small guards or just three smalls, three wings, whatever. And I know Kuz isn't a small, but in this concept, he's playing in the perimeter next to LeBron and AD who can rotate over and help at the rim. And they, nobody's beaten it that nobody beat it last year. Nobody, uh, I, I mean, this, you know, this season, I think it's been a little different. I think the Clipper game sort of stood out and, but in, in terms of what we know they can do that has yet to, a team has yet to unlock that And Vogel smartly went back to that. That's how they won this game. That's how won, they won the last game. Uh, that was a wrap Pete. The bigger point that I'm thinking of going into this game was more just trying to think about what it's like for these dudes who are in a hotel in San Antonio for four days and basically don't leave their rooms, play two tough games with no fans. Then they get to Memphis, same deal, just sitting in the, ho- in the hotel room all day, all night, not even really congregating with each other, uh, which they could do in the bubble because in the bubble, they were all safe from COVID and just the kind of loneliness and the first time being away from families in a long time. And then going out and just having to clear the mechanism, not think about the Senate uh, race that's going on, not think about anything else, uh, which, of course, and I I mean this more towards LeBron, um, not think about the unfortunate events in Kenosha, uh, what we saw in which Wesley Matthews and LeBron touched on postgame. And just in LeBron's terms, uh, keeping the main thing the main thing and getting a win. And they're six and two. And and so this team's mental strength has, has yet to cease to impress me, Pete from these last two seasons. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's easy to, you know, we're in win collection mode right now. And it's, there, there are certain things that are frustrating that I am okay with uh, that. I understand. And there are other things that, Hey, we need to, to do better on. I've actually liked some of the adjustments that we've made. I've really liked what I've seen out of the LeBron AD pick and roll recently, right? Like I'm looking for these little tweaks and signs of progress amidst kind of the malaise, the, uh, the personal stuff. One of the things I'm excited about with this show is in the second segment, we're going to kind of, Mike's going to tell us about what it's like to go on a Lakers road trip, right? And the human experience of getting on the plane and what happens there and and what it's like to just go through this whole process. So he's going to walk us through that in the second segment. So thank you for bringing that up, Mike, because I think it's easy to forget. It's also a sign of how 
profoundly spoiled we are that we just went 4-0 on an in-conference road trip and we're like yeah they're not playing so well right and they're winning by an average of 10 points a game uh but yeah so i'm looking at these little tweaks the lebron ad is popping out to the three-point line this is something that our guy Cranjus has been kind of pining for a lot recently darius is and so ad shot 10 threes today and um and he also had back-to-back games of three blocks and three steals, which in his case, I do think that those stats are indicative of his effort because he's going to play great defense, but it's that's a sign of how active he is because he's going to get deflections, going to get blocks. Remember, we were saying he hadn't blocked a shot, and, and he was like, oh, I've been guarding perimeter guys. And then what does he do on the very first play of the next game, the first game at San Antonio? He blocks DeRozan's shot from behind. So uh, what are you seeing from him on the defensive end as the Lakers have started to creep up those uh, defensive rating charts well look man in terms of ad he's still doing his best work defensively when he's playing center i talked about this the last pod about him being more in the center of the frame and and that's figuratively and literally when he's the lone big man that's on the floor and he just has more defensive responsibility from the paint starting in the paint and then having to work back out to the perimeter i just think that that by itself engages him a little bit more mike the walk-off interview that ad did with you for spectrum he made a couple of i thought and we were talking about this before we started recording i thought he had some interesting comments about his defense in the last few games what did you think about what he said because when we were talking about it before the recording i thought that you had some good thoughts about that well, what I was trying to get at was basically, so Spectrum put up a stat before the game, and it was about it, times that guys have had three blocks and three steals. And AD is not shockingly high for a 27-year-old, but like pretty shockingly high. And this is one of those stats where, of course, they, they didn't keep going back. They didn't track blocks, you know, in the Bill Russell days. And so up to a certain point, though, that's going to, you know, we just have to sort of bake that into the stat. But uh, in short... He's already ninth all time for most games with three blocks and three steals. Wow. So here's the list. Wow. Hakeem, 204. David Robinson, 125. Ben Wallace, 74. Here's a fun one. Andre Kirilenko. Remember, he was kind of... Yes. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was used to, back in, in fantasy, I, I used to, we used to call him the, the quad fours because he would have like five points, five rebounds, five steals, uh-huh. five blocks. <laughs> that would be, oh, how that good, would, be how good would he be in today's game? I'd, he's one of those guys I'd love to transport, you know, a decade yeah. into the future. Small ball yeah. center. Kira yeah, Lindo, man. Right? He would have uh, killed yeah. it. Then uh, Patrick Ewing, Marcus Camby, Josh Smith, Kevin Garnett. And AD has got 43 of them now. Uh, KG has 44. Mm. So AD will probably get up to... Man, he could get up to fifth all time just this year. And and Pete, this is one thing that you and I were going back and forth on. And Darius, of course, you weighing in as well. But early, the first couple of games, AD just wasn't there yet mentally with his help defense, with his engagement on that end. And so, Darius, that's what I was trying to to get at. And I thought you're you're probably a better person to react to it than me because I'm kind of waiting. I'm like, okay, how much time do I have left? Uh, can I get another question in? What's it? I'm sort of processing, and I need to watch the interview back over. So you may have a better pure reaction to it, but the word that I took out of it was uh, activity that he said. And when you, if the three of us are active in pickup basketball, it's like, great. <laughs> but, but if you're active with his length and his movement and his brain, that, that is the devastating force. Uh, so Darius, let me kick back to you then if, if that's what you took out of it as well. 
Yeah, so not only the point about activity, but I thought his sort of acknowledgement that he's getting back to that level right now is what was even more important to me is sort of that acknowledgement. So he had made that comment and Pete, you referenced this a couple of pods ago where he had said, Oh, you know, I played like shit in, in that last game. And I saw some moments where he wasn't quite himself, but you said that you would rewatch the tape and he was mostly fine. Like Mm -hmm. not necessarily top level Anthony Davis, but it's just like, you're not going to get top level Anthony Davis at this stage of the season, but AD acknowledging that he's just starting to get back to that level right now, I think is important, right? Because last season, I thought AD really set the tone defensively for this team. And he said that that's his job this year as well, right? But he set the tone all the way back, like before the season even started during the summer when he talked about wanting to be defensive player of the year and wanting LeBron to be first team all defense, that there's a leadership component And him acknowledging that the team takes its defensive cues from him is more leadership now. And so that was one of the things in his comments to Mike post game that that was my big take away, really. It was him sort of like taking a step back and looking above and seeing the big picture and knowing I got to be better. These last couple of games are more like it. That's right. And that that leadership component, we always think of LeBron through that lens. But uh, that's something that he, you know, AD really, even LeBron, you see an impact on LeBron's defense, although I've actually thought LeBron's been very good on the defensive end by and large this season. Uh, But the the level of engagement with the other bigs too, and the level of communication, that's been a big thing that I've seen an uptick in is, is how much they're talking, right? Defense is so everybody being on a string, you need to communicate. I thought Gasol's been great defensively, like the last handful of games, he's really seemed to find his stride and that's important. And I think AD is going to take his cues too from like, Oh, the other big guy is really doing his job. And now I am going to be even more active and the Lakers can be that devastating defense like they were last season in those lineups where Gasol is at his best and AD then is starting to reach back to last season's level and then Braun is engaged, right? And, And then once you get KCP back and get Caruso back, that's when you're gonna have that full squad that is like, oh man, this team is flying all over the court. Yeah, that's what this road trip was for me in in essence is improving on the defensive end, AD starting to, you know, round into form in that respect. And so that was what we accomplished along with going 4 and 0, right? And uh it looks like the Clippers are about to fall to uh to the Spurs and that'll leave the Lakers alone in, in the number 1 seed, but so we've taken a step forward in that respect. I think the next step is how we play on the offensive end if neither LeBron nor Mark are on the court, but that's coming. We're making progress even in an ugly game. We're going to keep this pot a little bit shorter. Uh, so we're going to going to go to break here. And when we come back, we're going to uh, pick Mike's brain about a day in the life on, on the road trip or perhaps more than more than a day. So we'll be right back with that. If you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, 
will help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. That's bwhustle.com backslash join. All right, Mike, so you've been on a lot of these four-game road trips, perhaps not with the back-to-back against the same opponent in the same city the way it is this year, but uh, I- I'm going to leave it just open to you, whichever, you know, you wake up in the morning, what is your what does it look like uh, from the start of that? Yeah, Pete, so I'm, I'm trying to think, so the quick math, so I've been on every Laker road trip, of course, before this season since 2008 uh, when I joined the team, and so that's, you, you know, you have your 41 games a year uh, take away two for the Clippers and yeah it's, it's a lot of arenas it's a lot of planes and honestly it's one of my favorite parts of the job um, I really love the travel the only thing that had that made that evolve some is once I had my kids and then that is tough and so that makes me think sometimes about when the bronze on the road for a while and because it, it's hard to be away from your kids uh, that long but it is a it's a unique thing and it, it does change the way that I'm viewing this season by A, not being there, and then by B, thinking of how much the circumstances have changed uh, in this setting without, like just a simple thing, for example, one of the great things about the road is that you get to see your friends from around the country, uh, even if they're mm. not here or there. And so for the players, that it could be, hey, like, you know, LeBron gets a chance to, to grab a glass of wine with D. Wade in a certain city. Uh, just little stuff like that that helps that makes makes that um, that a little bit more palatable, uh, right? Go, go ahead, Darius. I see. You, no, you, you no, I that. was going to say that if if no one caught this, they should listen or they should read this great column that Howard Beck had back in the New York Times, where he talked about um, the thing that he'll miss now that the Warriors aren't like contending is that he's from the Bay Area. His parents lived. or his parents live in like the Sacramento area. And so Howard would like during all those trips to the finals, he, he talked about going and like getting to see his parents, right. Who lived in the Sacramento area. And he said it was a random trip one time. And then I won't spoil the whole story because it's, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit, but it speaks to that point, Mike, about like these guys have connections all over the country and, and, being able to reconnect with those folks and, and have a dinner or a, or a late night drink or even like a breakfast or whatever, like those things matter and they're important and they bring back normalcy, right? For sure. So for me, it's, so my home is Minnesota, uh, but my mom and brother now live in Maryland. And so I was super excited for last, there was a trip last March that was going to be, they were going to hit Washington and, you know, didn't get to go. And I haven't seen my mom since, of course, right. She hasn't met her grandson and this is pandemic inspired. Oh, man. And then, you know, there's LeBron who in that trip was going to go get to check, go to the I promise Academy and, or the I promise school. And like, uh, not in addition, of course, to seeing all of, uh, his loved ones in Akron, uh, and in Cleveland. And so there's there's that's one part of this, right? That this NBA community it extends, and when the season is on, that is your calendar. 
And I know that a lot of Laker fans have, are, especially the hardcores, have that same thing. It's like, what are you doing on Sunday night? Well, there's a Laker game. Then I might do this. Oh, well, I'm watching the game with my dad or I'm watching. And then mm-hmm. after that, maybe I'll do whatever. And so that that's at Homer Road. But it's just a part of what makes the season because uh, it's a long season, right? It, the 82 games, it's part of what makes that flow is the excitement to be in a different place and be in a, a separate part. And part of like for me personally, it's really difficult not being at the arena when a game is going on and trying to give fans the same level of coverage that I would if I were there. And, you know, there are ways that I, I try to get around that. I, I'm making sure that I'm in contact with the people that are there. Uh, there. There's a bunch of different steps that I take to try to do that, but it's not the same. Right. And and that's think about that, not just from somebody covering the, the game, but more importantly, the players that are having to play the game. And that's all I'm, I'm trying to get at, Pete, like is the, the perspective of Insta- I, I wouldn't have been super excited to go stay in Memphis just to be in the hotel room and not get to see my buddy, Mike, uh, who I went to college with, who lives there now and, and like that kind of, or catch up with Zach Kleiman, uh, who used to be, he was an intern my first year with the Lakers, who's now running the Grizzlies. Like that's something I always look forward to seeing him in Memphis. I, I would have just been there in the hotel room, then going to the arena, watching the game from like around the top of the lower bowl. And it's just a whole different set of circumstances. So in this different set of circumstances, I'd imagine there's probably more spending time with each other type. How much does that happen on the road? I know you can only speak to a normal year and this is anything, but but what is uh, what are the opportunities for coming closer in that respect? Yeah, so it's a really it's a really good point to bring up, Pete, because I do think that that's one area in which this year's team can be galvanized a bit as they were last year in the bubble. Although even that is a little bit fraught because again, in the bubble, you could have a group meal together. You could all, you could go fishing with a teammate. Uh, You were all like, it was just you there. And I don't, I don't think that's uh, as encouraged. And since I'm not on the road, I won't speak to what they do directly, but my, my guess is that they're, they're not doing nearly as much of that since you have the whole six degrees of separation of contact tracing and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're really trying to limit those type of activities. Um, and, and that would make it a little harder, but it's, it's a good, it's a good question, Pete, that I should ask some of the players uh, and the coaches as to how that has differed. But in a typical year, that is a big part of the travel as well, of course. And, and you know, think about just the first time that you went on, uh, you played your first little league baseball tournament out of town. Those are some of my mm-hmm. best childhood memories. Yes. soccer tournaments where you, you you take the caravan down from in my case from minnesota to kansas city or chicago or whatever and i remember those trips so fondly i just uh, the late nights when your parents finally um, can't give the uh, they can't have you be the only one that doesn't get to go to the other kid's room like all that stuff and then of course the games themselves but yeah man it's it's a total different thing and it's a uh, it, it's oh it's something that's important to keep in mind when we think about this year yeah i think that um, I'd love to hear more from the players about the chemistry build building stuff that they're trying to do this year, especially related to road trips, because every player to a man last season spoke about how much road trips sort of did serve as as those bonding experiences for that team and and help them be as close as they were that you know whether it was Jared Dudley or Danny Green or Quinn Cook or or JaVale they all talk about 
when they were on the road, they almost went everywhere together and that they went out to group dinners almost all of the time. And that when they got into a city, it was like, all right, well, you, you know, some of these guys are going to bed, but the guys who didn't, if it was six or seven of them, then they're all sort of camping out together and maybe they're going to have a late night glass of wine or grab some food because shoot around the next morning is getting pushed back until later in the day or whatever. And, and so if some of that stuff isn't as accessible, right, and we know that around the country, pretty, pretty much everything is closed. You can't go out to restaurants. You can't go out to night spots. Um, and even just reserve a back room area, right, where it's just you and the guys just hanging out and maybe shooting the shit about last night's game or whatever. Um, there's not as much opportunity for any of that. And so I would be interested to know sort of what navigating that is like for these guys on the road this season. Um, Mike, yeah. talk to me more about what it's like, though, at the end of a road trip, right? Because I always talk about like, Oh, that last game on the road, that's a get the hell out of town game, right? Where it's like, man, we're showing up. You might get some some effort. You might not. I thought some of the Lakers' big road losses last year, Pete, if you remember, like that Milwaukee game was like the last game of, of a road trip. That fit that big Billy Boston. loss was like the last Boston. game, right? Like there were a lot of games like that. So so Mike, fill us in a little bit on like what the mood can be around a team when it's day five on the road, day six on the road, day eight on the road. So first of all, it's a much different feeling and vibe when it's a LeBron or a Kobe team versus a young team and young guys just can't handle it. Like they just don't have the mental fortitude to, to city hop and to, uh, to uh, just find the way to zero in on that last trip. LeBron and Kobe, they've done that. That's, that's not a problem. And we saw that last year, how many times the Lakers either won that last game. Darius, you pointed out the December trip. That was one that was a little weird because that was like, they had 12 of 15 games yeah. straight on the road or something. And LeBron and AD were both banged up you know, and the bucks were sitting there. So that, that is one. Then they, I remember they lost like their next two games at home as well. That was that one weird swoon. But aside from that, they mostly crushed on those types of trips. And that, that is, it really just comes down to LeBron. I think mostly and give, you know, Jared Dudley, right. Some of the other vets Rondo get some credit there as well, but this is a, it's a sport where, Leaders make all of the difference on and off the court. And that goes, it's the same thing for the road trip. So guess what? On the, LeBron probably isn't going to be going out late on the, those last couple nights, especially of, of a trip. Like he's setting an example there too. Maybe they, they may have a dinner. They may have a glass of wine, but then you're, you're seeing him and he's walking with Mike Mancias down, uh, down the hallway to go up to his room to get treatment. Like that's what he's doing. So that's, that filters down. And guess what? If he's doing that, you damn sure better not be, you, you better not let LeBron spot you rolling in, in some kind of way when, you know, he's just, he's just been <laughs> totally devoted to his craft in year 17. Uh, and so that's the kind of thing I think that helps mitigate those type of factors. But the human nature element of it is, is also, it also depends if you are a dad uh, right. Like, like me or like LeBron oh, interesting. or, or if you're somebody that's like 20, you know, when I was 25 uh, in, in this, even so my first year in LA, my, my now wife had yet to move from Minnesota. Uh, she was still there finishing up the season. Uh, she had worked for the Timberwolves as well. And uh, so I was like, I didn't, I didn't need to be back in LA. Like I was perfectly fine having another night in New York or another night wherever. And I think 
you know, in that case, it's selfish time. Like you're at the hotel, you get time to watch your shows, do your work, work out, uh, like uh, read, whatever, all of that stuff that is a little bit harder to do at home. And I think that that's something that is, is actually, it's, here's a weird way to put it. It can be easier to be on the road once you get to be like my age, uh, other than missing your kids, because you actually have time to, to get stuff done and to focus. And you guys are both super busy all the time, right? Imagine if you were, you, all you had to do was like actually just your stuff. Uh, and so that element plays into it. But by day nine, then you're just like, I need to get back and see my kids. Yeah. Whereas the younger guys, maybe not as much. Yeah, no, that makes, makes perfect sense. It's, it's, you know, all these dynamics are play throughout the, the season. Uh, we've had a bit of technical difficulties on this. Our wonderful producer and editor, Jeannie, is going to have to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So this is an unusually short pod today, but we're going to wrap it up here. Lakers go 4-0 on the road trip uh, and move to 6-2. and The Spurs almost uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, but did close out the Clippers. So we are alone at the top of the Western Conference. Oh, oh, the Cl- oh, the Clippers lost. Oh, <laughs> there we go. You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. Catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires again. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good. Bryant. 48 points, 16 rebounds, with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed, a Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston, of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane, back for Gasol, pretty pass, and it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant, picked up by Bell. There's, There's the move, two, one, miss it! It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant, yes! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat mother of three, and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.